save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. From an undisclosed broadcasting location. This is a test. For the next 60 seconds, this station will conduct a test of the emergency broadcast system. America, here comes the relief from the pain. Unapologetically, this is Lock and Load with Bill Brady. Hour number two. is Lock and Load, and joining us now from Austin, and I, I had a question I want to ask you about this, because I just saw this the other day, but before we get into the, uh, joining us from Austin is the editor-in-chief from thetruthaboutguns.com, that being Dan Zimmerman. Um, I had seen where the mayor of Austin was telling the governor of Texas that they didn't want any more augmentation from the Texas Department of Public Safety. Is that uh, actually enforced? Well, yeah, there's been a whole kerfuffle here um the mayor was on board with dps help um and then dps pulled over a guy and his kid and the guy lied and said that the dps officers pointed a gun at his 10 year old um and that got a lot of local news coverage and all the um mostly anti-gun Local city councilors were up in arms because they hated the idea of DPS actually enforcing the law anyway. But then uh, DPS released the body cam uh, video of what actually happened, and it turns out that the guy was lying. Um, I think he was actually illegal. He didn't have a license. He wasn't insured. Uh, it, was whole, it was the whole thing. But anyway, our linguini-spined mayor immediately did a an about-face and said, that's it, we're ending the DPS involvement. Even though he would, literally two days before, he was praising it, and, and he, was, he was all for it. So he was for it before he was against it. And then in response to that, saying you know he was going to end the cooperation between APD and DPS, the governor said, look, I don't need anybody's permission to have DPS patrolling anywhere in the state of Texas. Not only am I going to keep them in Austin, I'm going to add 30 more. And then that prompted the mayor to say, you know, we don't want them patrolling and the the whole thing. Bill? So the DPS, the DPS, uh, the DPS continues their, uh, their, their, their presence. my understanding, I've not seen any cars in the streets, but uh, my, my understanding is they are still patrolling. Uh, I'm sure they're in some of the more high-crime areas of the city uh, where they've been doing a lot of good. Um, the Governor Abbott said he is going to leave them there, and that's 
all in all a good thing. That's it. I mean, and and what about as far as hiring at the Austin PD? Are, are they are they at peak man level because they've been defunded? No, no, they're not. They're at peak man level. They're down, I think, a couple of hundred officers. Um, they've got another hundred or so set to retire here. I think before the end of the year, um, and they just set the budget for them for next year. And the city council added forty two non. Uniform position uh, and zero uniform position. So the city council likes a defunded, undermanned, overwhelmed police department just fine. Mm. We'll have to talk about that one day. We'll have to talk about Happy that thing. one day. Um, in the interim, though, let's talk about these manifestos. That uh, there's another one apparently out there. And uh, you you think we're never going to see these? No, uh, I mean this this was this latest one is news from the shooting that took place back in January in a in a dance club, an Asian dance club, uh, right in Monterey Park, uh, California, where an elderly gentleman with some kind of a beef um, walked in and opened fire, killed eleven people, um, and it came out this week that he had previously sent a some sort of a manifesto um, to police and uh, LA County Sheriff uh, Luna uh, said that um, he didn't provide any any details as to what it said so the FBI is still analyzing the, the document and trying to piece together how the shooting unfolded and why CNN has uh, searched at um, has reached out to the FBI for comment. I don't know if we'll ever have a motive, but we continue to try, said Luna. Well, maybe reading the manifesto and and, and making that public would go a long way toward figuring out what 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 it was that got this guy hot and bothered right. enough to open fire. Um, uh, much like it would be very interesting to find out what happened to the... Uh, um, the manifesto of the shooter in Nashville. Audrey Hale. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Audrey Hale. She sent. sent Here's the thing, and, though. Uh, both of those, both of those, go against the narrative. Is that why you don't think we're seeing the manifesto? Because if they were with the narrative, right? If it was a, if it was a white guy wearing a MAGA ball cap with an NRA sticker on his car, uh, do you think they'd give out the manifesto? I certainly think that's the case with the Asheville shooter. I don't know what the case is here. I don't know what the narrative is here with a, an elderly Asian man shooting a whole bunch of other Asians. Um, I don't know what the predominant narrative about that is, except some mentally disturbed guy who snapped and opened fire. Uh, you know, he, I'm sure he was nursing some sort of long-held perceived grievance against somebody, uh, maybe the club, maybe they'd thrown him out. Who knows? Um, and we probably will never know because they will probably never release it. Just like I'm never expecting that, despite all the promises to release it. And they promised it a few times, um, for the Nashville shoot, for Audrey Hale's screed. Um, they haven't released it. They're not going to release it. Um, and let me, hold on, let me put on my tinfoil hat here. Sure. Um, uh, I, I think that people have, a, some sort of idea as to why the Las Vegas shooters opened fire and did what he did. Uh, yet it remains in 
unending mystery. It, it, you know, it's what what caused this guy to perpetrate the worst mass shooting in the nation's history. Right. Uh, and nobody seems to have any any um, curiosity about that. Nobody in the media. No, nobody's ever pressing anybody to, to, to figure this out. And uh, everybody just seems to throw up their hands and say, well, don't know, never figure it out. Um, again, tinfoil hat, conspiracy type stuff, but I think that there's something involved there that somebody doesn't want public um, because it would be embarrassed. I don't know. Uh, embarrassed the casinos, embarrassed uh, politicians in in – uh, Nevada, I have no idea. Like, right. that, when, when you have these kinds of information vacuums, all sorts of theories and conspiracy theories um, blossom. Aren't most of the uh, – now, in, in on the Strip, right, we can walk around with a gun hanging around our neck if we want to, but if we try to go into a hotel, don't they most of the time have them as gun-free zones? Yes, they do, particularly after that. Yeah. Well, I mean, but I mean, was it Mandalay Bay a gun-free zone when he rolled twenty-three guns in there? I I don't know what their policy was prior to that. Right. <laughs> but I know from going to shot, and <clears throat> excuse me, and it was reported in the news after the fact that um, most of the big hotels have made themselves gun-free zones, probably like that. And yet, every time, every time we have a shot show, all these people make a big deal about checking their gun and telling you how to make sure that you don't have to hide it at the bottom of the of the hotel or everything else. Hang on for me if you yeah. will. We're, 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 com- we're coming back, on, coming up on the first break. Uh, this is uh, this is on the front page at thetruthaboutguns.com. Dan runs a very tight ship. It is the most prolific blog of its type on the on on the internet today that I'm aware of. It's a de- it's a must destination for anybody trying to keep up with all of the news and goings-on in the gun culture. We'll be right back. This is Lock and Load. Is lock and load talking to Dan Zimmerman from the truthaboutguns.com. And uh, I was not aware, Dan, that uh, there wasn't already every gun control possible regulation on the, on, on the books already in San Francisco. Is that uh, what's going on in San Francisco that is worth looking at? Well, as so many, you know, rapidly anti gun jurisdictions. Uh, did and have talked about since uh, the Bruin decision, they uh, wanted to to put up their own additional limits on carry. If they were going to be required to issue concealed carry permits, and they had done virtually none of that prior to that, um, the city of San Francisco wanted to make sure it was 
virtually impossible to carry legally anywhere in the city. So like New York and New Jersey and lots of other jurisdictions, they wanted to enact their own Bruin response bill and designate most of the city as a sensitive location. Um, so th- this story is kind of a, a, a good one. It's got, it's, it's got a, a good result, but it's probably going to turn out bad in the long run. Um, Chuck Michelle, CRPA, right. um, wrote this for us. And, um, you know, when the, the, when the city started to do this, uh, he and the Second Amendment Foundation wrote a letter to the city council, um, specifically the supervisor, Catherine Stefani, who was pushing all this, and said, look, you can try and do this, but we're going to sue the hell out of you as we are suing people everywhere else. Um, but the, the argument that, that got through to her, I think, was the fact that the state of California is in the process of enacting its own broad response bill. So whatever the city does is about to be made redundant. So what CRPA and Second Island Foundation did was convince her that, look, you don't have to do this in the city of San Francisco. We're going to sue you and and um, tie you up in court. But there's no point because, unfortunately, Sacramento's going to do this for you anyway. Right. Um, uh, and, of course, California Rifle and Pistol Association and Second Amendment Foundation, as uh, I'm sure others will as well, are going to sue California once they get their bill in place. So that will happen eventually. Um, so this is just a, an unusual example of some pushback against anti-gun legislation working, but working for reasons that, you know, are, are unfortunate because, you know, uh, even though they're not going to do something, somebody else is, you know, the state's going to do it, do it for them. I guess are, now so they're really get, more the same. Yeah, are, are, now, do they make that warning to this municipality to say, well, listen, just save yourself the legal fees because, you know, the state's going to do it. We're going to sue them. If you do it, we're going to sue you. Uh, is, is that yeah. why? Yeah. Okay. That's in, in effect exactly what they've done here. Um, so, uh, is that a pre-litigation demand letter from CRPA and SAF likely played a decisive role in stopping this planned San Francisco ordinance? CRPA, CRPA and SAF will continue to oppose efforts to enact uh, draconian gun laws in San Francisco and statewide. We will be ready to challenge un- unconstitutional laws like SB2, which is the state law in San Francisco in Sacramento uh, immediately. So yeah, they're 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 going to they're going to end up suing suing the state just as they would have sued the city if the city had gone along with it. And somehow representative or uh, councilwoman Stefani was intelligent enough to uh, see that this it was a waste of time and resources since the state's going to do do all this for her. And they're going to get sued for it too. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just like they're being sued elsewhere, and these things are going to have to work through the courts, and hopefully one of these at least will get get up to the Supreme Court and be swept down, um, making all of this, uh, a lot of these go away. But this was the strategy from the beginning, um, from these, anti-gun jurisdictions they knew they were going to lose in, in the Supreme Court. Uh, Bruin came along, so they 
Instead, they freeze these up, making uh, gun owners' lives as difficult as possible. These will be in place for, you know, a year or two at least while these things play out in the court. And in the meantime, they're they're making uh, the pro-gun side expend resources to fight these. Right. Which right now, uh, Second Amendment Foundation is in a really good, it, they and FPC are both in a really good position. Did the, you know, uh, just to examine that, just to take a real quick look at it, the, uh, their anti-gun pursuit of pistol braces is actually paying for the cost of litigation against these anti-gun proposals, isn't it? Uh, how do you mean? Well, I mean, you got so many people flocking to, FPC and SAF now to join. Oh, you're saying getting a new membership? Yeah, uh, I think to a large extent that's probably true. But I mean, you wouldn't normally see that. You wouldn't normally see that. Most of the time, when, no. even when they're doing an anti-gun thing, but with, with this new rule with the with the pistol brace thing, th- that seems to have been a moment. The pistol brace rule reminds me; it's like the Dylan Mulvaney in the gun culture. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm trying to follow that that analogy. So with with uh, you know we 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 have incrementally had this leftist uh, lifestyle pushed upon us, right? Yeah. And then when uh, Dylan Mulvaney was celebrated for 365 days as a girl with uh, Bud Light, you know, and then he started you know uh, modeling uh, sports bras for Nike and everything, America basically said, well, okay, you we have reached the line in the sand. So they, they, they started pushing back. Now, with this thing with the pistol braces where they got out there and, the, you know, the litigants are basically shielded from the pistol brace rule until they dispose of it altogether. For a lot of people, I'm sure that this has been, uh, oh, okay, now here's a gun rights organization that's actually doing things to preserve gun rights. Yeah. 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 It, was a, it was a great opportunity. Yeah. It was, it was a you know, a windfall for the gun rights org. And um, it was a great incentive for a lot of people to send them some money, become members, and help in, in that fight, and as you said, probably a few others. There's probably a few people watching this on a daily basis, more so than it used to be. I mean, I watch it yeah, on a daily basis. So. You talk about it on day, But, I mean, the problem is our problem. My problem has always been that not enough people watch it daily. To see how these things very slowly cement their, you know, solidify their positions, and uh, I, I think yeah. in a lot, in a lot of ways, this has finally been one of those painful things that has jarred a few people awake. Uh, coming up yeah. on the uh, next break, we're talking to Dan Zimmerman from thetruthaboutguns.com. This is the most prolific of the gun blogs out there. More articles popping up on a daily basis. Everything I'm talking about right now is going to be moved out of the way. In a few hours. So the stuff that I'm talking about, it will still be there because their archive is somewhere in there. I've got an article or two in the archive. So their archive is gigantic. But, yeah, talking to Dan, we'll be right back. This is Lock and Load. just about every corner of this country three million miles in my career I spend a lot of hours on the road but I love being my own boss 
the road can be a beautiful place, but you're out here on your own. There certainly are risks. I'm Charles. I'm a truck driver, a husband, and a father. And that's why I choose Federal. When it comes to online gun shops, Primary Arms is one of America's largest retailers of new firearms, parts, accessories, and gear. They stock over 600 popular brands, all with everyday low prices and fast shipping. If you ever have any questions about a product, their team of product experts will help you make the right purchase. So, don't settle for less. Visit PrimaryArms.com today and see why so many gun owners make it their first destination for all of their firearms needs. For over 25 years, Aero Precision has paved the way as a leading manufacturer of American-made AR parts. Aero Precision caters to the rifle builder by engineering quality receivers, hand guards, and other essential parts. Aero Precision's added enhancements create a smooth build process from start to finish for beginners and seasoned builders. Whether this is your first rifle or your 50th, Aero Precision offers everything you need to make a quality AR at an affordable price. In the 21st century, the handgun has become the preeminent self-defense tool. At CNH Precision, we specialize in taking your weapon to the highest degree of functionality possible. With a complete array of goods and services specializing in red dot sight installation, CNH Precision will help you realize the most effective handgun the first time. If you need slide milling, installation, or accessories, go to chpws.com. CNH Precision. Welcome to the Boom Squad. At Chambers Custom, we have one job. We strive to build the most obsessively reliable, accurate, and beautiful pistols for the discriminating gun owner. Using the ageless 1911 design with a 21st century approach to each part and component, Chambers Custom meticulously begins each pistol as a standalone project, creating a bespoke, handcrafted, peerless firearm. They integrate all of the internal, external, and intrinsic elements that make a custom 1911 unique. Go to ChambersCustom.com. Chambers Custom, truly the mechanical advantage. At Spikes Tactical, we are all shooters with a very simple mission. Make the best product we can perfect at the best possible price for our consumers. We strive to produce the best components and rifles available with quality control second to none because real-world events don't allow for a second chance. Whether you are an operator, competitor, or home defender, Spikes Tactical will serve you well. Go to SpikesTactical.com. Spikes Tactical, 100% American-made to the highest standard. such thing as a fair fight, and we bring the unfair advantage that is the 2011 platform. Dominate. At Staccato, we know the most important gun you own is the one that you're carrying when you're facing that threat to life and freedom. Win. We want you to enter that objective, confidence that you are carrying the best gun in the gunfight. No compromise. No sacrifice. Staccato2011.com. Stand ready to face down the darkness with 2011. Holster.com, the home of DeSantis Quality built American-made products for 45-plus years. Supporting police and government contracts from first responders to responsible citizens. Holster.com is your source for quality American-made leather and Kydex holsters for the armed American. For concealed carry or open carry, Holster.com has what you need. We didn't invent concealment. We perfected it. Go to Holster.com now and buy a DeSantis holster today. 
what's in a name? If that name is Ace Firearms, you've just entered a very expensive business. First, a fully appointed gun shop with all the guns, ammo, and accessories you could possibly imagine. But then you enter the manufacturing facility that is home to Red Alligator Concealment, Militia Arms Customs, and so much more. Ace Firearms is beyond a simple gun shop. This is a totally peerless operation. To find out more, go to acefirearms.com. Ace Firearms. This is only the beginning. At MGS, we have what it takes to reinvent yourself. With a curriculum designed to balance work, family, and a gun repair education, MGS provides the gateway into one of the fastest-growing segments of the gun industry. Modern Gun School's mission is to provide high-quality distance education using time-tested materials and hands-on projects designed to develop a proficiency in both the technique and the business of gunsmithing. Go to mgs.edu. MGS Trade School. Your future is waiting. This is Lock and Load, and I'm talking to Dan Zimmerman for the Truth About Guns and uh, TruthAboutGuns.com. One thing I wanted to point out about what I just said, and the reason, Dan, that I didn't say, hey, what do you want to talk about next, is what I want to point out is I have written for TheTruthAboutGuns.com, and everybody that goes to TheTruthAboutGuns.com is looking at this on a daily basis. And when you write an article, or if you put an article, for for you especially, because you're the one, I, I guess you, or do you ever, does anything ever come to you say, I'm, well, I'm not going to run that? Or do you put it all up there? The only thing we don't run is, is, is sometimes people will send us uh, things that aren't, really aren't gun related. They're more political. Um, you know, they're taking a stance on some issue some political issue, which we may or may not agree with. Right. We don't run it because we, we, everything we do is gun-related. So that, that's really the only thing that would keep us from running. See, my article I wrote, it was essentially a, uh, it was an unburdening of the soul. And uh, was, was, yeah, it was a good one, too. I mean, but was Robert still in charge at that time? He was still in charge then, right? I think he was, yeah, yeah at that time. But I got tore up. I got toe up in the uh, in the comments. Some people took my side. Most did not. <laughs> but you know what? The the thing is, what I appreciate about that is that you your your readership and your uh, your your commenters they don't get they don't get caught off balance. You, it's very rare that you pu- publish something that they didn't already have some sort of at least peripheral knowledge of. They are very actively engaged. They are. We have a very active comment section. Our, our Truth About Guns is almost as much a, a, a forum as it is a blog. Yeah. Because um, a huge amount of activity takes, takes place in the comment section. But remember, however much you may or may not have been torn up in the, in the comment section after that post of yours, um, the people who participate there are a small fraction of the of our readers. Right. One, I'm, I'm almost certain of that. Yeah, a, you know, well over 90, 95% of the people who read our, our our content never comment. So keep in mind that there, you know, there are a whole lot of other hearts and minds out there that we're 
reached by your piece that um, that were never reflected in whatever people wrote. Well, you know, I find that to be true in the talk radio world where if you have a call-in format, which I'm not on right now, um, one per, less than 1% of your listeners are ever going to call in, ever. And that's just not talking right. about a daily basis, ever call in. In a two-hour radio show, if I get two calls, I'm stunned. Now, the text line, which is the the the, the analog to the comment line, to the forum line that uh, is on the Correct. Truth About Guns, it is very active when, I, when I'm on right. there with that. So I, I see, it and but at the same time, that just tells me that there's a lot of people in this that are engaged on a daily basis. And if we actually could exponentially increase that number, because when, when you say the small amount of people that are actually visiting... Um, as big as you are, what percentage of, uh, when we talk about how many gun owners are out there, neither one of us really are. How much of the iceberg, or how much, are, how big is your tip of the iceberg that you reach? Oh, we reach about, depending on the time of year, a million, million two, something like that, unique readers a month. Um, and that's big, very big for a gun blog. It is. But, yeah, but that's what one percent of the gun owners in this country. At, at um, best. Yeah, exactly. At the very best. So, so that's a you know you can see most most people aren't getting most people think about it. Most people buy a gun, they throw it in a drawer, hope they never need it. Yeah. Um, maybe they've got a gun gun that grandpa handed down to them. They got a shotgun in the closet or something like that. They're a gun owner. They own a gun, but they're not involved in gun ownership the way our readers are. Um, so, yeah, there's a the whole spectrum. Of but those would be the most outraged if they started confiscating guns. Um, they would certainly be amongst them. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, yeah, basically what you're saying is a lot of those people take their gun rights for granted and don't think about them until there's a threat. Yep. Um, that's just the nature of that's just human nature. That's just the nature of the beast. Uh, but I mean, I, yeah. one of the things I bemoan, and I'm like what I was just talking about as far as the awakening with the pistol brace thing, is that uh, since this pistol brace thing has your, have you seen a jump in the people visiting the site? Um, no. Um, this is traditionally our lowest reader time summertime during the summer when people are out yeah people are out doing things our, our heaviest time is in the fourth and first quarters of the year you know lead up to christmas and then shot show and all that right so that's when our our readership is always highest um but yeah i'm sure that that would the the, the pistol brace rule and all that those are some of our biggest traffic getting posts in the last year for sure so there are plenty of people that are interested. Well, I mean, just and I'm, I'm sure as, as sure as many people that are interested, I'm almost as sure that there's. So, I would have thought that with as many people as they say are pistol braces out there, for example, and as often as you covered it, as often as I covered it, and everything, if we were actually reaching a multitude of people, we had less than two hundred fifty thousand out of what they say forty million braces that took advantage of the free form one. Yeah. There, there, so that's not a lot of depth. We didn't, there, there wasn't a lot of penetration going on there, was there? So a lot of these yeah. people are flying yeah. out there blind right now today. Yeah. So at best, 
even if like one percent of the people. They probably don't even know they have a pistol brace on it. No, it's a lot. A lot of people have it. Think of it as a stock. They yep. don't think of it as a brace. They don't know the difference. Um, and uh, even a lot of people who do, they don't pay attention to the news enough to know that the ATF did anything, uh, um, changed the law, or, or let alone that it affects them or the gun that's sitting in their safe that they you know pull out maybe two or three times a year to take the reins and have some fun with. Um, so yeah, and, uh, again, most people have. You know, they're out there, they're living their lives. They got kids, they got school, work, the kids in school, they got kids sports, they're busy doing a lot of other things, and they're not keeping up with the intricacies of ATF regulation and the politics surrounding all that. Well, and, and the, the point here is that somewhere in between the rabid readership that you have, that those commenters that are out there that will pull an article apart at the seams and, and look at its internals, and the people that couldn't care less, that don't even know anything's been in effect or something has changed or something like that, somewhere in between, if we had just that much, if it, there was a meeting in the middle as far as engagement of the United States citizenry, I kind of think that would change the political landscape. Uh, probably would. Yeah. Um, you know, same thing with, with guns. Most people are not involved and don't pay attention and don't track politics in general. I mean, let alone guns. But the bigger, talk about the bigger subset of politics in general and how it affects their daily lives. Right. They're, just, they're too busy doing. And, and in general, I think that's a good thing. I mean, most people don't need to to worry about that. Too many people too many very online people obsess about that stuff as it is. Uh, but yeah, the average person doesn't have time for it. They're not interested in it. They're not, they, they don't think it affects their lives. They don't think that anything they do up to and including voting was, is going to impact, have it have much of an impact anyway. So why bother with it? They'd rather, you know, go to the kids baseball game or whatever. And I can't blame them. Coming up on the next break, uh, anybody that's out there that is listening to this, if you, you, you need to engage. And if you, one way to engage and to get a fast look at what's going on in the gun world every day, all day long, is the truthaboutguns.com. The, the, the most prolific, prolific website of its type. They have the what's new, the gun reviews, the gear review, the gun for beginners, and gun control all there for you. You can find out what's going on. Talking to Dan Zimmerman, we'll be right back. This is Lock and Load. This is Lock and Load talking to Dan Zimmerman from the truthaboutguns.com. Now, we already know that Facebook is, uh, if you get on Facebook and you put your information on Facebook, well, it's, it's anybody that wants it can get it. They are the Bank of America of the websites. So, uh, we have this, a Texas man. Tell me about this guy. Um, yeah, this is, um, being reported by uh, Emily Miller, who's written about guns and, gun-related issues for a while, and she says that she has information, uh, I think, through Gun Owners of America, 
that indicate that ATF and then FBI are tracking people who are selling guns via Facebook. Um, now, pretty sure Facebook has lots of rules that prevent that kind of thing. Um, but um, apparently they, they did this. This is a person who, it, think of him as a tinker. He likes to buy, buy guns, play with them, customize them. Uh, and then when he get when he gets bored with it, he he sells it and then uses the money to buy a new the next guy. It's basically a hobby. He's a, right. He's a thinker. He's a he's a, he's, uh, he he's a modifier. He likes it's all about yeah. the build. Exactly. Exactly. And then after a while, you know, it sits in his space. It is safe. He probably gets runs out of space. He gets bored and he buys a new gun. So this kind of activity apparently raised a red flag somewhere. Um, Either my guess is that Facebook is that this guy was talking about these gun sales um, repeatedly on Facebook and tripped somebody at ATF who then got the FBI involved um, and um, subsequently found out that no, he is not a straw purchaser. He's doing this as a hobby that is legal under the law under the uh, Gun Control Act of 1968. Um, you know, you don't, you don't need an, a, a, an FFL to sell your own gun. Um, uh, you know, if it's a hobby, um, or you're a collector, you can, you can buy and sell your own gun. Um, but there's a fuzzy gray line there. It's where you, where you cross over from being a hobby, a collector or a hobbyist and then being quote in the business quote of selling guns. And that's when, Excuse me. That's when they demand that you get an FFL. Now, of course, at the same time, they're also in the process of cracking down on so-called kitchen table FFL and reducing those. So they don't like that. They don't like either side of that. But the more interesting thing here is the fact that FBI was apparently tipped off to this by someone. Either they were doing their own monitoring of Facebook or somebody at Facebook um tip them off. And my guess is this, this kind of thing happens a lot. Um, we've known from the Twitter file releases that, uh, social media operations have been in close contact with, um, all the big tech companies and have been monitoring all kinds of things, mostly in the line of COVID and vaccines and politics and that type of thing. But Mike, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all to learn, uh, as well, that they're also reporting uh, what they consider to be suspicious activity that have has anything to do with firearms as well. Um, so here we are. Well, it 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 begs a question about this. So if he just makes a catch, so this is basically he he made a statement: "I'm selling my guns on Facebook." Is that it? Uh, yeah, and, and, and my understanding is Facebook has a lot of rules that keep you from doing that, and they've got a lot of you know algorithms that check and won't let you put put those kinds of posts up. But maybe he found a way to get around that. Well, I mean, it, it, it's all based on the phrase. I, I sometimes follow some of these guys that are you know they're 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 edgy on the rules altogether, and mm-hmm. uh, you know. 
they they push it as far yeah. as they can. They'll say not for sale, right? Which is code for. Yeah, but then they give all the specs and show it in the box like it's for sale. So uh, you know, I, I I see that happening on a regular basis. But at the same time, um, this sounds like something else. I mean, it sounds like it just heard a phrase or something or a search phrase, and they picked it up and they decided to go after it. So, what's the deal with this guy as far as it, uh, they went and saw him and and what? Or did they? Uh, I did, think that I think they satisfied themselves that he's not in the business selling guns and it's just a hobbyist. But they uh, are they are monitoring him. Yeah, he got gun owners of America involved, and uh, and and they were monitoring him. I think they it's probably at the point now where 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 they talk to him, and now he's he's probably off their radar. However, you have to think that this guy is not the only one. Um, I'm sure they have all kinds of ways of monitoring people and their online activity. Um, once you trip a red flag, whether it's you know about guns or, or who knows what other what other topics they consider noteworthy, um, that they will continue to monitor you, and then you have to hope that you don't get to the point where it, they think that you acquire in-person follow-up, because that's apparently what happened here. Uh, the FBI agents actually came out and talked to this guy. Um, so, again, there is no such thing as privacy anymore. Everything you do online can and will be monitored um, by who knows how many people. Uh, just be aware and act accordingly. But... In the interim, while they're doing this, I mean, the FBI doesn't have that many field agents. I mean, there's, a, you know, some of the stuff, no. there, there's, there's some stuff that's not being watched that they're supposed to be watching. And this stuff right here is just ridiculous. And um, what's in Texas, I guess in Texas, you can sell a gun to a personal, you don't have to have an FFL to sell a gun if it's your no, personal no. gun. In, yeah, just in most states, yeah. 40 over 40 states, you don't need that. I mean, any two people can do that. As long as you aren't aware that that person is a prohibited person. So I mean, my, my first question would be, I, I'd be willing to bet he's done this before. If this is, you know, if oh, he likes done to, this a number of times. If he likes to get a gun and, and build it out, and then he's like, okay, I'm done with this one. Who wants it? I, I'm, I'm moving on to the next thing to build out. He's gotten right. rid of it before. He's shown it out there for sale before. What... What was different about this this time, or was this I, just the first time? Uh, no, I think that we are at a point where we're, we're well into the, the Biden administration war on guns, and you've got a much more concentrated emphasis on these kinds of things by ATF and FBI. They're looking for... Uh, Purchasers are looking for people who are who maybe selling guns that they think uh, are doing it as a business, right. not as a hobby. Right. Um, this guy maybe they thought was a, was a straw purchaser, um, possibly. Um, so it, it, I think the, the the level of the tripwire where where these things um, uh, trigger an action by them right. has probably been lowered. Uh, but who knows? They don't. Um, they didn't answer a lot of uh, 
Miss Miller's questions when she tried to get, get answers from the FBI. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Okay. Shockingly. <laughs> shocker, shocker, shocker. Anyway, uh, yeah, that whenever I see that, that's uh, when I see that they've done it the first time. Now I want to know, well, how often have you been doing it before this? What did he, what was the, and I'm almost certain this guy didn't do anything new or different on Facebook. If he's, if he's been doing this as long as he's been doing it, I'm sure he's done it the same way each and every time because nobody changes their habits. So that's just, that's the most interesting part of it. What was the trigger here for the FBI? Of course, the FBI and ATF are very weaponized and they're not really, chasing anybody has the atf actually caught any criminals lately or the fbi we don't have time to go into that one the answer is probably just no i want to let me take the time to thank you for uh, coming on here with me again dan puts up with me on a very loyal basis he is one of my if not the best collaborator he's in the top two so the truth about guns.com you should go check them out if you're really interested you can go check me out and what check out that article i referenced earlier that was from an earlier time in my life, and thankfully, very qu- quite accommodatingly, uh, The Truth About Guns actually published it after Dan had to go through it and put the periods and the commas where they go. I won't do that to you again, though, I promise. Hey, we're happy to consider anything you'd like to write. <laughs> Hour number three is inbound. We'll be right back. This is Lock and Load. 